Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. This is Spoken by the prophet Joel. This is Spoken by the prophet Joel. everyone, Pastor Bob the Tell It Like It Is Radio Show. Glad that you are with us tonight. And we are coming to you live from the studios of KDIX AM radio station, Dickinson, North Dakota. We are also being picked up on KDIX's website and hopefully on Holy Ghost Radio. Holy Ghost Radio, I got a text from Brother Duran earlier a few minutes ago and said that the website was down for Holy Ghost Radio. So if you're listening on Holy Ghost Radio, let me know that you're listening. I don't know if it's the website is going or not. If you're listening, a first-time listener, I'm Pastor Bob Simons, the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson, North Dakota, and we um, uh, have been here for 31 years. 
uh, coming up on is it thirty? Yeah, thirty-two years here, just in a in a month that we moved. We moved in August of 1988 to Dickinson to start a Pentecostal church, and um, we are so pleased with what God has allowed us to see here, and um, just really excited about what God has done here in Dickinson with his Acts 2.38 message, and I'll probably talk about that Acts 2.38 message tonight. I never I never get tired of talking about that gospel message, and I don't, um, I hope you don't get tired of hearing it either, because this, um, this Acts 2.38 message is the message that the apostles preached and taught, and we try to follow that as closely as we possibly can. And so tonight we're going to certainly talk about it. It's going to be a show about how important doctrine is. And I know that I, I hit this a lot, but I'm going to hit it again and, and maybe a new new approach, a new angle. We've got um, we've got uh, Dale and Greg, Brother Jones, and uh, listening in, in um, the Minnesota area. Good to have them listening. Uh, we've got... Um, Jody listening and her kids listening in Harvey, North Dakota. You can text me tonight, 701-290-7862, and let me know that you're listening. Again, I pastor the New Life Pentecostal Church, 501 Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota. It was kind of fun today. We've got we've got the best church location in town, uh, hands down. And I know maybe some of the other churches in town would disagree with that, but... Uh, You'd have to admit that you would like your church to be on Interstate 94. Today, we had all kinds of new visitors again, like we did last Sunday. I don't even know how many visitors, new visitors we had, but a lot. And um, one of the new visitors, it was just kind of neat. He was a Pentecostal pastor from California, driving from California to Minnesota. And he was thinking, it was a Sunday morning, he was thinking, I would love to go to church. And he's driving 80 miles an hour down Interstate 94. He looks up. He sees our sign, New Life Pentecostal Church. He whips around, comes to church, and he and I got to go out for dinner afterwards. And uh, what a nice um, nice man. What a uh, just a really uh, good man that he was. And a uh, 75-year-old pastor. His wife had just passed away, and he's just resigned his church. But, but anyway, I love our location. It's right on Interstate 94, 501 Elks Drive. We got a big old sign says that. And um, the only regret I had, I wished I'd have made it bigger yet. Got people texting me now, and you can do that, 701-290-7862. We got some some of my favorite people in Fargo listening, Zach and Leah, with their kids. We've got um, Brother Johnson tuned in. He's in Duluth. I think I mentioned you, but I didn't. Brother Jones told me you were going to be listening. We've got Tim listening in North Carolina on the KDIX app, and he he has a prayer request. Let me see what this says here. He'd like us to pray for his sister, Mary. She needs a healing touch. And we just pray for Mary today, God, or excuse me, for Misty, his sister, Misty. Lord, we ask you to touch Misty. We just pray that you'll heal her, whatever this is, in Jesus' name. Hey, my good friend Stormy's listening tonight. Uh, Good to have Stormy. That's the first time you've texted me listening uh, for a while. And he's a friend of mine that lives somewhere between Grand Forks and the Philippines. As I mentioned to start out with, I probably ought to get into the program. I didn't bring my guitar in the studio. We'll be playing some of our music from the KDIX playlist. But I want to talk about something that that, um, was brought to my attention again on Saturday. Saturday we were out at the um, 
brick or the excuse me the chimney park in Medora having a kind of a, a barbecue uh, you know hamburger hot dog fry a bunch of folks from our church had gathered there it was a great time and there was a, a new family there that I had not met they they don't go to our church but they know my sons and and I just began to visit with these people they were not Pentecostal people great people but not not Pentecostal in any way then we began to talk about uh, scripture we began to share scripture on the I began to share scripture with them on the baptism of the Holy Spirit also about the oneness of God which I may hit on tonight a little bit and this man said this and it is really the reason for our radio show tonight but he said I he said I I see what you're saying about the oneness of God but I don't think we should make a big point about certain things that could divide the body of Christ that's what he told me and and so that's kind of how I got to where I'm going to talk about what I'm going to talk about I also talked about this on Wednesday night but it does matter what we believe that's the name of this program this is the name of the show tonight it matters what you believe and I'm going to say this in many different ways tonight and I'll say it right away but we pretty much let anybody come to our church. We don't care who you've been. We don't care what you've done. We don't care what your past is. We'll let you come. But we're not going to just let any form of doctrine into our church. And so tonight I'm talking about we need to be fussy, not about the people that come to our church. But we need to be fussy about the doctrine or the teaching in our church. And I'm going to set out to prove that tonight in this broadcast. It's important that we do believe the right things. Some people say it doesn't matter what you believe, Pastor Bob, as long as you believe. That's a lie. That's not true. The book of James says that the devil believes in one God and he trembles. But the point of what James was saying there, the devil's not saved. He believes in God. Let me read you a scripture, my opening scripture tonight in 1 Timothy 4.16. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. And so this is what I want to focus on tonight. This word doctrine, which is a word that a lot of Uh, people that say they're Christians don't want to hear, simply means teaching. The doctrine is specifically talking about New Testament teaching, what the apostles taught. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, doctrine, continue in them. And so it does matter what you believe. And here again, we're, we're dealing with humans And so we're not going to be too fussy about everybody's uh, faults and failures. Now, I'm not saying that to condone sin. I'm not. But I'm just telling you that God's church is made up of people. Some of you that quit going to church because you got mad at people, that's dumb. I mean, it's really dumb. You're not The only church you'll find that doesn't have people in it is the one that you'd go to by yourself. Otherwise, you're going to have some people in there. And so we, you know, we're going to put up with your, you know, with your dust. <laughs> you know, your human dust. That's We're all made out of dust. 
This, But what we're not going to put up is false teaching. See, that's what God expects out of his church. Now, he wants his people, I'll probably touch on that, but he wants his people to live right, too. The premise for this broadcast, the scriptural premise, is found in First Chronicles 15. We read a story of how David tried to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem, or to Jerusalem. And he made two attempts at it. We read in in First uh, Chronicles 13... That David, with sincerity and and uh, good motives, and the Bible says that, that it was right in the eyes of the people, like he had everybody backing him, they were in unity, they were going to bring the Ark of the Covenant, that special thing that Moses had made under the commandment of God, to Jerusalem and put it in a tent that David had set up. But nobody had researched how to carry this thing. And because of that, they put it on a cart, which was not supposed to be hauled on a cart. And the cart, the oxen stumbled, looked like the ark was going to fall. A man named Uzzah put his hand out to steady the ark, and he died. God killed him. And David was not happy about this. In fact, he was very upset about it. And the Bible said he was afraid of God that day. He was mad. He was afraid. Something went wrong. So later, two chapters later, in First Chronicles 15, David researched, well, you can read verse 13, for because he told the priest, you did it not at the first, the Lord our God made a breach upon us for that we sought him not after the due order. And so here is an instance where God is fussy about doing what he wants us to do. You know this this um, you know this idea that God doesn't care what we believe or doesn't care if we pay attention to what He says. That's not biblical, and so the idea, is, Pastor Bob, let's just all get along no matter what we believe. Well, number one, we can all get along as as uh, people. I'm not against anybody. I'm not out to hurt anybody. Boy, my I'm getting texts like crazy here. I'll answer some of these in a minute. So so I'm not opposed to being kind and, and finding common ground with people. No, I'm not. But we can't afford to throw truth out just to get along with people. And so I'm going to, this the essence, i got to read some of these texts, but the essence of this program tonight is this this concept that we are going to, have to, we're commissioned to, Find out what the Bible says and then do it. Text me tonight, 
Bob, the Tell It Like It Is show. And I guess Holy Ghost Radio is down, so that's too bad. I, we get a lot of listeners listening on Holy Ghost Radio. So right now we have our AM station here in Dickinson listening and those that are on KDIX.net, on KD, the radio station's website listening tonight. We've got um, the name of this topic is It Matters What You Believe. Thank you all so much for texting. A lot of people texting me tonight, so a lot of people are listening. The um, We've got uh, Chance listening tonight. We've got Brother Fuller listening. Uh, we've got, let's see, Helen, are you listening? Yeah, it looks like Helen is listening. We've got, good to have her listening tonight from Dickinson. So text me, 701-290-7862. It matters what you believe. It really does. Now, I'm not going to keep backing up throughout the program and making the same points over and over. But when David brought the ark the second time, he said this. In the Living Bible, it says, Because you Levites did not carry the ark the first time, the anger of the Lord our God burst out against us. We failed to ask God how to move it properly. And so here we read, and not only, and I'll bring out more places, but it matters what we believe. It really does. 
doctrine is important. As I said, to start out with, God's church is made up of people, flawed people, weak people. Now, I'm not talking about intentionally and purposefully sinning or being full of rebellion, knowing what to do and not doing it on purpose and having a bunch of excuses to cover our tracks. I'm not talking about that, but the Bible teaches that we have this treasure, this Holy Ghost, in earthen vessels. Like, we have the Spirit of God, but we still have this human body that we have to deal with. So we we need to, it's important for us to cleanse ourselves from all the filthiness of the flesh and, of, and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God, Second Corinthians 7, 1. But I also believe that we need some mercy and grace for the humanness of our brothers and sisters. So I said all that, and I hope you don't run with that and try to make it sound like something I don't believe in, but I'm telling you, we shouldn't be too fussy about the perceived faults in our brothers and sisters, but we should be very fussy about doctrine. It's very important that we walk in the Apostles' doctrine. Now here again, I wouldn't quit going to a church because there were people in that church that bugged me. I wouldn't. But I'd quit going to a church if they didn't preach the right doctrine. No matter how nice the people were. Because if you believe the wrong things, you can be lost. See, there, there is no, we need to have mercy and grace for people, but there is no mercy and grace for false doctrine. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. We have to walk in the apostles' doctrine. It matters what you believe. Doctrinal purity is very, very important. Doctrine can deliver you from sin, Romans 6.17 says. Fifty-some times in the Bible, you'll find the word doctrine. Now, I know there are churches that say things like, we don't believe in doctrine. <laughs> That's You don't even know what you're saying. You know, we just love Jesus. We don't believe in doctrine. You can't even love Jesus without doctrine. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. <clears throat> so you can't even love Jesus without knowing. Like, how are you going to please God if you don't know what pleases him? Like, you know, my wife, after, you know, 42 years of marriage, kind of knows what I like to eat. She does. She makes me things I like. Because she's learned what I like. Doctrine is like that. One of the there's twelve places in First and Second Timothy that has the word doctrine. Like for instance, Second Timothy four three, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts, so they they shall heap them to themselves teachers, having itching ears. So, Paul said there's coming a time. He told Timothy that people don't want to hear doctrine. But it's so important that we know what to do to be saved. The devil would like you to be sincere. He doesn't mind that. He doesn't mind that you are um, maybe uni unified in your belief with somebody else. 
But what he wants you to do is believe the wrong things. And I know it seems like I talked about this last week, too. But I just, I'm just kind of hammering it home here. It matters what you believe. It really does. You know, um, th- th- this is, uh, you know, uh, Acts chapter 18 Let me just read this for you. Acts chapter 18 and verse 24. There was a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man, mighty in the scriptures. And he came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the spirit, he spoke and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard him, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. There's nothing in this verse that says Apollos was a bad person. But what it does say is he didn't really know the apostles' doctrine. And Aquila and Priscilla um, just gently (coughs) told him, you're not quite preaching it right, bro. And the Bible said that he ran with it then. He took it. He had a great spirit. You see, the apostles' doctrine is very, very important for us to believe. I don't know if uh, Robin and her mom are listening tonight. My wife and I were on a cruise earlier this year, like back in January, and we met a mother and daughter Um, and the daughter's name is Robin. I forgot the mom's name. But uh, they they were on this cruise ship, and we had gotten asked to lead a Bible study on this cruise ship, my wife and I, so we did. And one of the things that Robin told me, she she said, it's very reassuring to me every time I fly to know that not just anyone can bolt or weld on parts onto onto an airplane because they think they have a good idea. She said, when I see the engineering involved, the wings, the wheels, the engines, I'm very glad that someone who knows what they are doing built that airplane, and someone who knows what they are doing is flying that airplane. And I like that. See, if it's important in an airplane, that might take us from Dickinson to LAX. Shouldn't we want to know if we're for sure going to heaven or not? Ephesians 2.20 said, You are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And so we don't need to go back to some creed of the third century. We don't know, need to go back to Jacob Amen that uh, founded the Amish, or Ellen G. White that founded the Seventh-day Adventists, or or Charles Russell, who founded the Jehovah Witnesses, or John Wesley, who founded the Methodists, or Martin Luther, who founded the Lutherans, or John Calvin, who founded the Presbyterians, or to the so-called early church fathers. We need to go back to the foundation that was built by the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. 1 Corinthians 3 and 10 says, According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. 
For no other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. That's what Paul said. It matters what you believe. And I'm going to just, uh, you know, quickly... Uh, hey, Carl's listening. Carl and Jeannie listening tonight. Good to have you guys listening. The um, uh, friends of mine from Michigan... It, this like let let me just let me before I I've, I've got some texts here but it's important that we understand what the apostles' doctrine is because if you don't know your Bible you may not even know what it is. Jesus said in John 17, 19, and this is kind of a go-to series of verses that I go to a lot, but in Jesus' famous prayer for his disciples, he said this. He said, And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. And here's what Jesus said in John seventeen twenty: Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. So Jesus is not only praying for his disciples, but to those he's praying for those that believe on Jesus through the disciples' word. That's me. That's you. We have the words of the disciples. Uh, we, we call it the New Testament. This is what Jesus' prayer was, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. What Jesus was saying here is he wanted us to be one with what the apostles believed. He's not saying that he wants us to throw aside our differences and become one. Jesus is specifically praying that we, the people that believe on the disciples' words, the people that are the readers of the New Testament, would believe the same thing that the apostles believed. See, it's it's important. Again, the text that I took at the very beginning of the show, 1 Timothy 4.16 says, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So, paying attention to the apostles' doctrine, to the teaching. So what is the doctrine of Christ? What is it? Well, in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1, it tells us what it is. Hebrews 6, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ... Okay, Paul was saying, you guys, you need... We're going to go on. We're going to talk about something even... Um, you know, you know the basic elements of the doctrine of Christ. I want to talk to you about something more. But then Paul backs up and explains what the doctrine of Christ is. Hebrews six one, he said, "Let us go unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works." Number one, Paul said, or the writer of Hebrews said, that the doctrine of Christ has to do with repentance. Repentance is simply, uh, you know, confessing your sins to God, asking for forgiveness, and then being willing to change. That's what repentance is. 
And then Paul said, or the writer of Hebrews said, and of faith toward God. So repentance and faith are part of the doctrine of Christ. Verse 2 says, and of the doctrine of baptisms. Now that is talking about water baptism and the spiritual baptism. The, the infilling of God's Spirit. This is part of the doctrine of Christ. You know, this, um, this is what Jesus was talking about in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. He said, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Spiritual baptism, water baptism, this is the doctrine of baptism. And of the laying on of hands. Certainly this can be talking about healing. Um, it can be talking about, you know, the uh, a part of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I suppose. And of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. See, this doctrine of Christ can be found in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. (coughs) This is part of the doctrine of Christ. Now here again, we can be civil, we can be wise, we can try to find common ground, but the one thing we can't do is we can't compromise the message of the apostles. We've got to be fussy about doctrine. Doctrine, New Testament doctrine, is the bare minimum requirement of fellowship. That's what it is. And as I said, I wouldn't quit going to a church because there were people that made me mad. I wouldn't quit going to a church because there were hypocrites there. But I would quit going to a church if they didn't, weren't preaching the apostles' doctrine. I would. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. As for changes, man, and the answers are dime a dozen. Points of view are like sand, stretching out as far as the eye.
Just one book, just one name. Uh, that name is Jesus, and the book is the Bible. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. bunch of people texting me tonight. we got Joe texting. He's one of our faithful listeners. Um, we've got um, Brother Johnson. He's, he's a Barnabas. He's an encourager. He always says such nice things to me. We've got... Um, Let's see, who else is texting me tonight? Um, mm, well, I think I mentioned most of these. All right, Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is show. We are glad to have you. We're talking about it matters what you believe. And here again, it may sound like a broken record, but this record has a little more information than last week. But I just want to just re, re-say it over and over and over again. Don't stay stuck in false beliefs. It's our job to find out if what we believe is true or not. You can be sincerely wrong. And actually, it's pretty scary because you could be sincerely wrong and actually end up lost because of it. Second John verses 9 and 11 said, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine... Receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. So John here is saying, um, if people aren't preaching the right doctrine, you shouldn't listen to them. Uh, Romans sixteen seventeen, Paul said the same thing. He said, I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. Which doctrine is that? What's the one that's in the Bible? And avoid them, it says. So if you tell, if you run into somebody that tells you baptism, water baptism is not important to salvation, you shouldn't be going to that church. If you if you're going to a church where they sprinkle babies and call it baptism, you shouldn't go to that church because that's not baptism. It never was. Anybody that knows anything about this subject will tell you that the word baptism means to immerse. And the early church baptized, they, they put people under the water completely, and when they did that, the person baptizing would say, in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In Jude verses 3 and 4, Jude said, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly Contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. So it here two things. Jude said that the common salvation, like this is what we all believe. And then he said we need to earnestly contend or fight for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. You see how important it is what you believe? Jude told us that we need to fight for it. We need to hold on to it. Here again, have a lot of grace and mercy for people. But don't have any grace and mercy for false teaching. Paul said this in Galatians. I mean, I'm just kind of on a roll here, but in Galatians chapter 1, Paul was telling these people in the Galatian church, he said, I marvel, this is verse 6, that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another 
In other words, it's not even a gospel at all. But there would be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. People are perverting it. They're saying it's the gospel of Christ, but it's not. And then he goes on in verse 8 to say this, But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. So Paul said, even if I come back, even if the Apostle Paul comes back preaching a different gospel, don't believe me. If you see an angel preaching a different gospel, don't believe him. Paul was so concerned about this, you'll find in the book of Galatians, chapter. if you keep going on in verse 18, he tells his story how he received his revelation from Jesus himself, but 14 years later he went to Jerusalem with Barnabas and Titus, and he, he wanted to make sure that the message he was preaching was the same message that the other apostles were preaching. Why? Because it matters what, you're, what you believe. In fact, Paul said, he said, I wanted to find out if I was preaching the right message, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. You that believe it doesn't matter what you believe, we're all Christians, it doesn't make any difference. You are not reading your Bible. The Bible is full of this point that God wants us to do it the way he said for us to do it. <coughs> I got to I got to play this song. I just got to tell it like it is radio show. I had to accept the Lord. He would be my personal Savior By faith He'd come into my heart But I couldn't really know for sure And I remember that Bible study To teach me about the Trinity They said it was beyond my reach In fact, it was an unexplainable mystery I think I got more than they told me about I think I got more than they told me about I think I got more than they told me about I think I got more than they told me They said that slowly I would grow Gradually I would reduce my sinning Nobody's perfect, they said nervously Even if there's no change, you're still winning And the religion professor at the university Said the day of miracles had ended Things were different now, not so spectacular That emotional stuff had been transcended I think I got more than they told me about I think I got more than they told me about I think I got more than they told me about I think I got 
God more than they told you about. Thank God there's more than what they told me about. I think I got more than they told me about. I'm glad there's more to get than what they told me about. I think I got more than they told me about. I think I got more than they told me about. I think I got more than they told me about. Ha. Pastor Bob, the Tell Like It Is radio show. What did you think about that song? All right, we're talking about it matters what you believe. And and let me just kind of, I've got a few minutes. i got about 10 minutes left here. Uh, let me just kind of end with this uh, or kind of move into this. What kind of made me think about this discussion is last night in Medora at the, at the uh, Brick Park or the Chimney Park, I keep wanting to call the Brick Park, the Chimney Park, I was visiting with this nice young couple. They were not apostolic or Pentecostal. But they had certainly had a walk with God, and uh, the subject of who Jesus is came up, and I began to explain to them about what the Bible teaches about the oneness of God. See, I believe there's only one God, the Father. That's it. First Corinthians eight six says, "But to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things." And we in him and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. Over and over and over, the Bible says there's only one God. And the Bible says several times that God, this one God, is the Father. Uh, Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was in Mark chapter 12, in verse 28. And Jesus starts out by telling what the greatest commandment is in verse 29. He said, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. In fact, the scribe in verse 32 said, Well well said, Master, thou hast said the truth. There is but one God, and there is none other but he. Deuteronomy 6.4, this is a scripture <coughs> that the Jewish people hold very dear. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. All through the book of Isaiah, it talks about there's only one God. Isaiah 43.10, You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me was there no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Isaiah 45.5 and 6, I am the Lord, there is none else. There is no God beside me. Uh, Verse 6, he said, I am the Lord, there is none else. There's none beside me. He said it twice, 5 and 6. Isaiah 45, 18. He said, Thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God that formed the earth and made it. He hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord. There is none else. You get it? There's only one God. 1 Corinthians 8, 6. But to us there is but one God, the Father. That's it. Ephesians 4, 6. One God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, in you all. Jesus said it himself in John seventeen three, and this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God. He's talking to the Father, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Why am I telling you this? Because at at the in Medora yesterday, a young man told me, "Well, you don't want to divide the body of Christ with some of these teachings." And I told him, I said, knowing who God is. And knowing who Jesus is is very, very important. 
So we know that the Bible teaches there's only one God the Father, and God the Father is a spirit. Jesus said in John 4.24, God is a spirit. Numbers 23.19 says God is not a man. (coughs) He's not. God is a spirit. Let me just tell you this. The Holy Spirit and God the Father are the same person. (laughs) They're the same. They're, they're, They're exactly the same. God the Father is a spirit. The Holy Spirit is a spirit. They are, both of them are exactly the same. That's what Jesus was talking about in John fifteen twenty six. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father. The Holy Spirit comes out of the Father. Why? Because the Father is a spirit. So, okay, everything I've said so far, you're like, okay, I, I, I believe that. So who's Jesus then? I'll tell you who Jesus is. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5, 19, to wit that God, okay, who's God? God is the Father. God the Father was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and he's committed unto us the word of reconciliation. I'm just telling you quickly that this idea that it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe is a hoax. Like, we've got a whole world that believes that God is three separate and distinct persons, but that's not what the Bible teaches. The major difference between what I'm telling you, what the Bible says, and what many churches believe, is that the Bible said God the Father was in Christ. And many of these other churches are saying God the Son was in Christ, and the words God the Son aren't even found in the Bible. That's what 1 Timothy 2 and 5 is talking about. It says there is one God, of course that's the Father, and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And so Jesus was truly a man, but the spirit that was in Jesus was the Father himself. That's what 1 Timothy 3.16 says. For without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God, who's God? God the Father, was manifest in the flesh. God the Father walked inside of a man. Jesus Christ. And when Jesus died on the cross and rose again, that resurrected body now, the Bible says, is the image of the invisible God. 2 Corinthians 4.4 The only part of God you'll ever see is Jesus. And when the Bible says in the book of Revelation that there was one seated on the throne, I'll tell you who that one is. Jesus. God the Father is a spirit. Let me read you this in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. God, who at sundry times... God who? God the Father, of course. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past, unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, and by whom also he made the worlds, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, 
and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. That right hand is a position of power. <coughs> Colossians chapter 1.15 says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. What God? The only God. God the Father, who is a spirit. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. And that's why Colossians 2, 8, and 9 says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. The Phillips Version says, High-sounding nonsense. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, in Jesus. Why are you saying this, Pastor Bob? I'll tell you why I'm saying it. Because it matters what you believe. It's important to know who Jesus is. Jesus was not the second person of the Trinity becoming a man. Jesus was God the Father himself come to this earth as the Son of God. Jesus was truly a man, but the Spirit that dwelt in Jesus was God the Father. That's why Jesus would say such interesting things. Like John 14, 7. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He said, If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you have know, you know him and have seen him. Why didn't Jesus said you should have known the Son also? Because there's only one God, the Father. And Jesus said, if you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us, or we'll be satisfied. Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Jesus told some Jews in John eight nineteen. he said, they asked him, where is thy Father? Jesus answered, you neither know me nor my Father. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. Verse 24, he said, I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. You see how important it is to have right doctrine? Jesus said, if you don't even know who I am, you're not going to be saved. That's why it's important what kind of church you go to. It's important who your pastor is. By the way, I'd love to be your pastor. I don't even know some of you that are listening, but I'd love to. In John chapter 1, you know, this kind of turned into a oneness of God little thing, but John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And so this isn't two persons in the Godhead. We see God the Father and His expression, the Word, like what He says. How can we understand Him? Right now you've got Pastor Bob sitting on this side of the microphone. You're listening on your radio or on your phone or or on your computer. So I could say, 
there are two things going on here. We got Pastor Bob and we got Pastor Bob's Word. Well, that's what this is saying. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God, of course. And then verse 10 said, And he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, the Jews, and his own received him not. In verse 14 it said, And the Word was made manifest, or made flesh, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. (coughs) Wow. It matters what you believe. Bare minimum requirement. I said it last week. The church you go to needs to believe that when you come to Jesus, that you repent of your sins, you know, you confess your sins to God, you ask for forgiveness, you change your life. That's what repentance is. That after repentance, you're baptized, you're completely immersed in water in the name of Jesus Christ. You say, what about Matthew twenty-eight nineteen? Jesus said, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Well, let me tell you, Father is not a name, Son is not a name, and neither is Holy Ghost. And he didn't. If they were names, he didn't say in the names of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So no wonder the apostles understood exactly what Jesus was saying. And you'll find in the Book of Acts, every time it tells how somebody was baptized, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. It's very important what you believe. It really is. Um, and here again, I'm not doing this radio show to try to just upset people. That's not it. But I'm telling you, if I didn't know this, I'd want somebody to tell me. (coughs) Wouldn't you? If you didn't know what it takes to to be right with God, wouldn't... You know, one of the things I love about doing this radio show is not that everybody that hears it is going to get right with God, but what I'm hoping is you're hearing me so you know how to get right with God. Because what a sad thing is if someday you wanted to get right with God but didn't know how. So I'm putting this information out. The gospel message, part of the gospel message is just simply information. That sounds kind of stale, but it's true. All right, Pastor Bob is going to invite you to church. 501 Elks Drive, right on the Interstate 94, by the El Sombrero Restaurant, the Comfort Inn. Our next service is Wednesday night at 7.30. Sunday mornings, 10 o'clock is Sunday school. We have classes for adults, children, and also a basic Bible class that I teach every morning, Sunday morning at 10. <coughs> 21 lessons. You can start any time. I want you to start this coming Sunday. And then at 11 o'clock is our worship service. We also have a men's Bible study, 6 a.m. Friday mornings. Right now we're meeting at the church because we used to meet at Perkins, and that's closed. So we've been meeting. We have coffee there, sometimes, most of the time, something to eat. 6 a.m. Friday mornings, men's Bible study. This summer we're having different teachers teach it, so... If you live in the beach area, Tuesday night at 7.30, the Beach Community Center, we have church. Like I mentioned, Wednesday night here at Dickinson at, our, at the New Life Pentecostal Church. Thursday night, 110 First Avenue Southwest Bowman. 9.30 Sunday mornings, 110 First Avenue Southwest Bowman. Uh, we have services Sunday morning and Wednesday night in Beulah, North Dakota, 223rd Street Northwest. So there's a lot of different ways that you can get with us. 
Lord Jesus, I pray tonight that you help our listeners. God, help us to all realize that it doesn't matter what we believe in, that you're looking to us to realize and see the importance of this. We just pray that you'll help them all in the name of Jesus. Next Sunday night, I will be back at 8.06 Mountain Time for another Tell It Like It Is radio show. I'm going to end this program. This is on my playlist somehow. This is a recording of me singing somewhere. I think I was preaching at a men's retreat. Let's see how it sounds. Good night, folks. God bless you. Teach yourself. You write a few songs and you think you know something. This little song here. A little my testimony. You pulled me from the garbage And you taught me how to live And you filled me with your spirit And you washed away my sin You There is none like you, none beside you, you. You alone are holy, alone are worthy, you. You are the one that saved me, the one that saved me, you. And I love you, my God. And I love you, my God. You and you have given me a family. And you have touched my heart and soul. And I really, truly can't see. Why you ever loved me so you There is none like you, none beside you, you You alone are holy, alone are worthy, you You're the one who made me, the one who saved me And I love you, my God. Yes, I love you, my God. Oh, I love you, my God. You. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.